Welcome to the GV Talks Book Show, where it's all about reading and literacy at Genesee Valley Central School. Join us as we talk about the ongoing book studies in our district, updates in our library, and hear about our amazing literacy celebrations throughout the year. Join me, your host, Lindsay Simpson, as we hear from our very own Genesee Valley literacy gurus as we celebrate literacy together. Welcome back, everybody, to GV Talks Books. I am your host, Lindsay Simpson, and we are back with third grade discussing Little House in the Big Woods, Chapter 11. And we only have a couple chapters left. Ooh, Cannot sure believe do. it. We sure do. We're on yeah, two more. Two more. That's two more. it. So we again have some fabulous guests with us today. So ladies, I will let you introduce yourself. Please tell our listeners what your name is and who your teacher is. Hello, my name is Natalie White, and I'm in third grade, and my teacher's Miss Schaefer. Thanks for being with us, Natalie. I'm Ray, and my teacher is Miss Schaefer. Thanks for being with us, Ray. And our wonderful co-host, who we couldn't do this without, Mrs. Norsethaporn, the librarian at Genesee Valley. So as I mentioned, we're going to dive in to chapter 11. And this chapter is full of lessons. Every chapter in this book is. But uh, this one for sure. And, but we start out with the family being at Aunt Polly's, which is nice, right, for the big first chunk of this book we were just in that little house in the woods. But the last few chapters, we've been able to travel. Moving around a little bit. Moving yep. around a little yep. bit more. Um, and this chapter, we began at Aunt Polly's. And the children were excited because as they got to go there, they were able to play outside. And they played a game that I know that I have played in the past. And it, it was one of my favorites. It still might be one of my favorites. <laughs> where they were jumping from tree stump to tree stump without touching the ground. And that was the point, right? You can't touch the ground. Can't touch the ground. Nope. Yeah. So for you ladies, uh, Ray, I'm going to start with you. Do you ever play a game like that where you can't touch the ground? Sometimes I would just like, in my house, I would just play like the floor is lava and I couldn't touch the ground. And I would jump from like one of my couches to another. And that's exactly what we call it, Ray. In my house, and, and growing up, it was you can't touch the lava. Can't touch hot lava. Can't yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Hot lava. So, Ray, did uh, anybody join you in your house when you play that game? Yeah, my little brother and sister. What do your parents think? Do they like that game? No, they don't like it because we're <laughs> on the couches. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yes. Natalie, how about you? Do you ever play a game where you can't touch the ground? Yes, I do. And it's also floor is lava because we would also bounce, we'll jump on our couches, and we'd like lay pillows on the floors and lay out the blankets that are on the couches on the floor. And who do you play with? My little brother. And what do your parents think? Do they like that game? Um, well, they don't really say anything, but I'm guessing they don't like it because 
we don't pick it up. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was just thinking in my head, it's probably okay if you clean up after yourself, but that probably doesn't always happen, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't always happen with me either. No. Nope. So, yeah, I know when I went to school, we had a, uh, a playground that was on wooden chips. Uh, right, so here at Genesee Valley, we have that nice, like, like soft, soft mat stuff. Yeah, yeah out yep. there. Well, my playground growing up had wooden chips, and so we, the chips were the lava, and we had to jump from playground piece to playground piece. Yes, without touching the ground. I've kind of heard recently, like this game is kind of coming back. The older kids like to play it, but it's like, like all of a sudden somebody will just shout it. Like hot lava, and everybody has to get off the ground, which might be a little distracting, like at school, right? All of a sudden, everybody's on top of their desks. That might be a problem. But I have heard that that's a game that the older kids like to play. So so just randomly, they're walking down the hallway, and someone will yell, hot lava, and everybody has to get off the ground. So now, next time we have our, uh, we're not currently doing it, but when we go back to in-person faculty meetings, we should do that. We should. <laughs> we should scream hot lava and see how many teachers jump up on top of the table. <laughs> oh, I would. Yeah, that would be fun to see. What would you girls think if we yelled hot lava and you saw all of your teachers jump on chairs and tables? What would you think? That would be I hilarious. would jump on a table as well. You would join us. Yeah. You would join okay. us. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Um, I've also seen it where. Um, and you can't really do it here, but in older schools, the tiles on the floor in the hallways used to be different colors in oh, some schools. Yep. Right? So you then had to stay in a certain color because then one color was hot lava. Hot lava. Yep. So it's funny to me that this game is generational. Yeah. It it's started way back here and still going strong. It's still going. <laughs> Laura still played going it with trees. Yep. I played it on a playground. Natalie and Ray play it with couches and yep. pillows, and apparently they play, our high schoolers play it play wherever they are. Wherever they are. <laughs> uh, I think we could bring it back to adults. That's just... That, yeah, we might try that. I, <laughs> I might try Don't it. be surprised when you walk into the library the next time and I yell, hot lava, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll try it. You two will have a jump. You'll know exactly what's going yeah. on. You'll be like, oh, I know what she's talking about. Everyone else is going to look at me like... Mrs. End lost it today. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. So, yeah, so I just thought that was such a fun start to the chapter because it just made me reminisce. Yeah, think about back in when we were younger, right? Yes. Uh, and then the rest of the chapter is that lesson, right? Yes. We always yes. learn something, especially from Pa. He's, he's a big guy for lessons. Lessons, yep. But we learn our lesson um, from Charlie, this chapter, and the way that Charlie was behaving. And so that is this week's passage. Okay. So uh, Natalie, Ray, myself, all of our listeners, you know, sit back, relax. If you're listening to us in the car, pay attention to where you're going. <laughs> but <laughs> just uh, relax. And Mrs. Norsethaporn is going to read us a passage about Charlie and the lesson that he learned. Okay. On the way home that night, Laura and Mary heard Pa tell Ma what happened in the field. Instead of helping Pa and Uncle Henry, Charlie was making all the trouble he could. He got in their way so they couldn't swing the cradles. He hid the wet 
whetstone, so they had to hunt for it when the blades needed sharpening. He didn't bring the water jug till Uncle Henry shouted at him three or four times, and then he was sullen. After that, he followed them around, talking and asking questions. They were working too hard to pay any attention to him, so they told him to go away and not bother them. But they dropped their cradles and ran to him across the field when they heard him scream. The woods were all around the field, and there were snakes in the oats. When they got to Charlie, there was nothing wrong, and he laughed at them. He said, I fooled you that time. Pa said if he'd been Uncle Henry, he would have tanned that boy's hide for him right then and there, but Uncle Henry did not do it. So they took a drink of water and went back to work. Three times Charlie screamed, and they ran to him as fast as they could, and he laughed at them. He thought it was a good joke, and still Uncle Henry did not tan his hide. Then a fourth time he screamed, louder than ever. Pa and Uncle Henry looked at him, and he was jumping up and down, screaming. They saw nothing wrong with him, and they'd been fooled so many times that they went on with their work. Charlie kept on screaming louder and shriller. Pa didn't say anything, but Uncle Henry said, let him scream. So they went on working and let him scream. He kept on jumping up and down, screaming, and he did not stop. And at last, Uncle Henry said, maybe something really is wrong. They laid down their cradles and went across the field to him. And all that time, Charlie had been jumping up and down on a yellow jacket's nest. The yellow jackets lived in a nest in the ground, and Charlie stepped on it by mistake. Then all the little bees in their bright yellow jackets came swarming out with their red-hot stings, and they hurt Charlie so he couldn't get away. He was jumping up and down, and hundreds of bees were stinging him all over. They were stinging his face and his hands and his neck and his nose. They were crawling up his pants legs and stinging and crawling down the back of his neck. The more he jumped and screamed, the harder they stung. Pa and Uncle Henry took him by the arms and ran away from the yellow jacket's nest. They undressed him, and his clothes were full of yellow jackets, and their stings were swelling up all over him. They killed the bees that were stinging him, and they shook the bees out of his clothes, and then they dressed him again, and they sent him to the house. Laura and Mary and the cousins were playing quietly in the yard when they heard a loud, blubbering cry. Charlie came bawling into the yard, and his face was so swollen that the tears could hardly squeeze out of his eyes. His hands were puffed up, and his neck was puffed out, and his cheeks were big, hard puffs. His fingers stood out stiff and swollen. There were little red, hard, white dents all over his puffed-out face and neck. Laura and Mary and the cousins stood and looked at him. Ma and Aunt Polly came running out of the house and asked him what was the matter. Charlie blubbered and bawled. Ma said it was yellow jackets. She ran to the garden. She got a big pan of earth, while Aunt Polly took Charlie into the house and undressed him. They made a big pan full of mud and plastered him all over with it. They rolled him up in an old sheet and put him to bed. His eyes were swollen shut, and his nose was a funny shape. Ma and Aunt Polly covered his whole face with mud and tied the mud on with cloths. Only the end of his nose and his mouth showed. Aunt Polly steeped some herbs and gave, him, gave them to him for his fever. Laura and Mary and the cousins stood around for some time looking at him. It was dark that night when Pa and Uncle Henry came from the field. All the oats were in the shock, and now the rain could come and it would not do any harm. Pa could not stay to supper. He had to get home and do the milking. The cows were already waiting at home. When the cows were not milked on time, they, get, they didn't give so much milk. He hitched up quickly, and they all got into the wagon. Pa was very tired and his hands ached so that he could not drive very well, but the horses knew the way home. Ma sat beside him with baby Carrie, and Laura and Mary sat on the board behind them. 
Then they heard Pa tell about what Charlie had done. Laura and Mary were horrified. They were often naughty themselves, but they had never imagined that anyone could be as naughty as Charlie had been. He hadn't worked to help to save the oats. He hadn't minded his father quickly when his father spoke to him. He had bothered Pa and Uncle Henry when they were hard at work. Then Pa told about the yellow jacket's nest, and he said, It served the little liar right. After she was in the trundle bed that night, Laura lay and listened to the rain drumming on the roof and streaming from the eaves, and she thought about what Pa had said. She thought about what the yellow jackets had done to Charlie. She thought it served Charlie right, too. It served him right because he had been so monstrously naughty, and the bees had a right to sting him when he jumped on their home. But she didn't understand why Pa had called him a little liar. She didn't understand how Charlie could be a liar when he had not said a word. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. So, a lot about Charlie. Oh, right? Yeah. So, when Charlie was helping Pa and Uncle Henry, he was misbehaving at every turn. Every turn. And pretended to be hurt. Right? But eventually, he started yelling because he stepped in this bee's nest, but Pa and Uncle Henry ignored him. Natalie, why did Charlie get ignored by Pa and Uncle Henry when he actually was hurt? Pa and Uncle Henry ignored Charlie because uh, they thought that Charlie was just pretending again. Absolutely. They thought that he was, what did, did you guys, do you two remember what we said that was called? Charlie was crying what? Crying wolf? He was crying wolf. Very good. Right? <laughs> remember the story about the boy that cried wolf? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Same idea, right? He kept calling was? wolf while he was watching the sheep mm -hmm. just to trick everybody. And then when the wolf really came, did anybody come help? No. Nope. Nope. Same idea. Charlie cried, you know, he cried wolf, right? He kept yeah. pretending he was hurt, pretending he was hurt, finally gets hurt. They finally do come mm -hmm. because the yelling didn't stop didn't this stop. time. Didn't stop, right. Right? So he, they, he goes home. What I find interesting is when Laura described hearing his cries and bawling across the field, she did not describe Charlie being walked with Pa and Uncle Henry. No. Did they? Did Pa and Uncle Henry walk him home? Um. Yes. Did Did it say that they did? Nope. No. Nope. No. They put his clothes back on him and sent him to the house. So they said go. They were still really upset with him, weren't they? Yes. Yes. Which I think is uh, an example of the change of times. Yes. Right. If. I saw Natalie in a field covered in bees, getting stung, blowing up like a balloon, getting swollen. My reaction would be different. <laughs> My reaction would be a little different. Yes. Natalie and Ray, if, if you were swollen from bee stings and someone said, okay, walk on home by yourself, what would you think? I would be really upset. That <laughs> nobody went with you, right? Yeah. Go home by <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite imagine that, but I think that's the difference between colonial times and today. And the 21st century. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's just Change different. of times. Yep. It's just different. Yep. Just different. 
So he does get home though. He does make it home by himself. He makes it home. Right? Yep. Yep. And Ma and Aunt Polly covered Charlie with something to help the stinks. Ray, do you remember what they covered him with? Mud and bandages. Mud and bandages. Yeah. Which I have not ever heard of. I don't think I ever have either. Mud. I'm not really sure. Does it help reduce the swelling? Oh, I know. I know. But oh, you know? And it says in the book, so the mud would help pull the swollenness from the bee sting. Oh, very good. Very good. Time, I get stung. Like, I, like, we would put, like, a coin or something on it. Like, oh, yeah? Like a quarter or a dime. And it would help reduce the swelling? It wouldn't swell as much? No. No. But, my cousin and I were playing on their on our on the swing set, and there was a bee's nest under it. And we stepped right where the bee's nest was, and like Ooh. it got them mad. So they came like out through the like little holes in the wood, uh -huh. and they stung us. Like my cousin got stung like four times. I got stung like three. Oh, ouch! Yeah. Now the one thing that I had done, um, I had gotten a. A bee sting uh, or a wasp sting uh -huh. and the stinger was still stuck still in there and what we did was we cut an onion in half and put the onion over it and it sucked the stinger out no I've heard that uh, yeah. I heard that you can put something like that on it and it will draw that stinger mm -hmm. out from what I understand I don't know if this is fact but what I understood was that was like a um, an Amish trick oh to put the onion, onion on there, and, there, it, and it worked, and it and it did work. It worked, and I didn't feel it coming, coming out. out. It so just, very nice. It was interesting. So we have coins, we have onions, we have mud, we have mud. Yeah. So I am always interested to hear how they handle medical things in this book. Beck, yeah. Because it obviously they didn't have what we have, right? So this was quite the chapter uh, with a lot going on in it. Uh, what lessons did we learn from this chapter? Because I think that there could be different ones. Yes. Right? Yes. So, Ray, if there was a lesson you learned from this chapter, what, what was it? Kind of hard to describe. That's why I read it down. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's no right or wrong answer, no. Ray. Um, it's really, that's kind of the nice thing about books is that every reader can come a, away with something different. Ask me the question again. Okay, okay. So what lesson did you learn from this chapter? Hmm. You want Natalie to go first? Yes. Okay, <laughs> Natalie, go ahead. What lesson did you learn from this chapter? The lesson that I learned was never pretend we hurt because if you do get... They, if you do get hurt, they won't help you. Very good. I won. I won. Go ahead, Ray. Don't lie, else there'll be consequences. Don't lie because there'll be consequences? Yes. Very I, good. I think, girls, both of those lessons are very good ones. Very good. Right? Very D good. Don't pretend to be hurt if you're not. Right. And lying certainly has consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Ray... Ray, you actually taught us another lesson already, but maybe you just don't remember it. You taught us about the reason they used mud, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Because we were like, I don't know why they did it. And you were like, oh, it was in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it pulls the sting out, right? We didn't even realize it was in the book either. Didn't even realize it. See that? I get a lot of attention. You did. You always do. You always do a good job. That's awesome. Yeah, Mrs. N, did you have any lessons from this chapter that you walked away with? Mm, I think uh, a little bit of both, like what Natalie said, that um, you have to tell the truth, and if you're not to, you know, definitely not to cry wolf, especially during this time when they just really didn't, like, no nonsense. We're busy. We have to get this done. It's hard work, and we just don't have time for the nonsense. And boy, did Charlie pay a price, didn't he? Nonsense. Yep. <laughs> no nonsense. No nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. So, <laughs> isn't that a great word? <laughs> nonsense. Um, I think uh, a lesson I pulled out actually came from Pa and Uncle Henry. So it wasn't in the passage, I don't think. But later, Pa was retelling the story to the girls. Uh-huh. And he told the girls that he could not believe that Uncle Henry, what did he say? He didn't tan his hide. Tan right? his hide. What's that mean? What do you, what do you girls think that Bank means? Him. Yeah. Bank him. Bank him. Yeah. So he didn't tan his hide, and Pa said, I would have. I would have done that. Yeah, I would have done it. But a lesson that that showed me was that two people really could react differently to the same situation. Yes. And that can be okay. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, sometimes when there's a conflict, not everyone is going to, to react the same. No. But that's all right. But that's all right. Yep. So that was kind of something I walked away with, with thinking, huh, those two men really worked together quite a bit, and yet they were very different. Yeah. Absolutely. And then and didn't argue over it, right? Right. Was, there was no argument over, well, I would have done this. Well, I would have done that, and right. you didn't do it right. Yeah, right. It was just they were different, and they were both okay with that. Okay they were different. with being different. Yep. Yeah, that's a good lesson to learn right now. Yeah, really? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. So, ladies, uh, before we end the episode, can you share with us? And I, I didn't talk about this ahead of time, but who was your favorite character in this chapter? It's been a while since we've asked, we've asked that question. My favorite character is Pa because he said he would have gave him a, a tan on the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you liked it that he was gonna he tan his hide a little bit, hide, huh? Uh, you yes. liked that consequence. Okay. Yes, okay. Natalie, who was your favorite character? Mine was also Pa. Pa, because like even though like he lied three different times they they still came for him mm-hmm. that's a good that's a really good point natalie that is a good point they could have just said nope we're just gonna let him go right mm-hmm. and then the three times they still came for him. still came for him yep yeah pa still came for charlie no matter what no matter what and uncle henry did yep mm-hmm. mrs then who was your favorite um, we didn't see them much in this chapter, but Ma and Aunt Polly impressed me with how, uh, kind of like what you were talking about before, they didn't get all excited that, you know, Charlie was hurt and here he comes crying and he's puffing up like a big balloon. They didn't like lose their head and, oh, 
they just were like, oh, it's bee stings. We know what to do. And they got the stuff and took care of him. They're just matter-of-fact people. Mm -hmm. They're just, they know what needs to be done. They get it done, and that's it. So that impressed me with those two women. But we didn't see them much in this chapter. No. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I do like that point because I think having a baby at home, like I think of like mm -hmm. if Scarlett came running to me and was puffed up with bees, I probably would, I would freak lose out. My mind. Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I, if, if any of these students, if Natalie or Ray came to me, all puffed out, I'd lose my bee mind. Sting, I'd be like, oh no. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I wasn't a paramedic for a reason. Um, but you know what? Actually, I think my favorite, uh, my favorite character in this chapter, I think, was Charlie. Charlie. I think he was my favorite. Not because uh, he did all the right things, because he did not. Right. But, man, I do think he learned a lesson. Yes, and he taught us a lesson. And he taught us a lesson. So I, I enjoyed Charlie being the focus. Um, and if I was puffed up full of bee stings and someone told me, like, walk on home, I may have sat down and just cried. And just cried. Uh, yeah. I may yeah. have just cried. I do not accept that. I do not accept that. I think that Natalie, I think that's what I, I was talking about. a little bit too. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And so Good he, point. I think he did at that moment um, kind of, you know, put his tail between his legs and knew what he'd done and, you know, yeah. walked on home. Yep. As hurt as he was. <laughs> there, <laughs> there he was. <laughs> So I would like to thank you, ladies, for joining us today in our episode on Chapter 11. And Mrs. North Ethiport, and you as well, as always. Of course. And listeners, we encourage you to continue following along with us if you need the book. You can, of course, pick it up at a local library or find it online as an e-book. And we will see you next Thursday uh, to potentially finish out the book. Yeah. From everyone here at Genesee Valley, we want to thank you for joining us for today's episode of GV Talks Books. And to remind you, the journey of a lifetime starts with the turning of a page.